Okay, Bus Bench Babes, Beth here doing a solo episode, and we are talking all about the market. It's what everybody wants to talk about. It's what all of our clients are asking us about. So let's dive into all the things. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, Bus Bench Babes, Beth here doing a solo episode talking all the things. It's summer. 2023. What do you need to know about the market right now? And what do you need to be talking about with your clients? Because they're always wanting to know what's happening in the market. So let's just dive in. The headlines, of course, you know, you know how much I talk about this all the time. You know how much it just like irks me to no end with the negative news headlines that we see everywhere. Sky is falling. Don't buy a house. Wait for the crash. Buy a foreclosure. You know, like there's deals to be had everywhere. And that is just simply not the case. I feel like it's all freaking fake news. And when you're watching national headlines, you need to be really cognizant of the fact of like what's happening on a micro level in my current market versus what's happening at a national level. Those two things are different. They're different in some ways and in other ways, they're different like a lot. So some of the headlines that we're seeing right now, let's let's debunk some of these headlines the headlines are sky is falling. Now is a bad time to buy a house. You should wait. The market's going to crash. You're just going to be able to basically get a house for a steal. That is not the case. The sky is not falling. We talk about that all the time on this podcast, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it until the sky is actually falling. We are going to talk about what's actually happening out there. When we're looking at months worth of inventory, that is one of those indicators that really gives us a great marker, a benchmark to know, okay, month's worth of inventory tells us the strength or not of the market. And currently we are still in a seller's market. I know buyers are sort of sick and tired of hearing this, but there's wins for buyers too. But let's just talk about how much inventory we have. So anytime we have more than like five to six to seven months worth of inventory, for sale, months worth of inventory for sale is considered a neutral market. When we have more than seven months worth of inventory, it is considered a buyer's market. We currently do not have that. Um, We certainly have far less than six months worth of inventory. We have less less than a month. Most parts of the country have about six months worth of inventory, meaning if everyone quit putting their homes on the market, like we would be out of inventory in about six months. 
Of course, there's always those homes that are going to sit on the market longer for whatever reason. They're overpriced. They don't show great. They're not being marketed well. Those homes are the ones where, yeah, you might see some price reductions, but we're just talking like, this is a blanket statement. We're talking about the average home in the country would be sold in less than six months. And we know in most markets right now, the average home is selling in a weekend or a week, especially here in the Twin Cities. Um, Another awesome stat that I love right now is the average home is receiving 3.2 offers. That means most homes in the country are receiving multiple offers of some sort. And we are seeing that in the Twin Cities here for sure. We have some of the lowest inventory and we keep saying this, like I sat in a conference, gosh, I can't even remember, maybe like five years ago. And the conference said, you know, we have low inventory and it's going to take about five years to build the inventory back up to a place where we are sitting in a balanced market. Well, guess what? (laughs) Nothing's gotten better in the inventory department. We don't have any more inventory than what we had. In fact, we have less than what we had before. So the inventory situation is not getting resolved anytime soon. Here are some stats that I think most people are sort of shocked by. When the news is um, spouting that the sky is falling, you know, there's going to be foreclosures are on the rise. There's going to be so many deals to be had out there. How, guess what? I mean, the, here's some numbers about in the country of what equity homeowners are sitting at. 38.7%. So more than a third of the homeowners around the country own their home free and clear. Nearly 40%, 38.7%. So nearly 40% of all homeowners in the United States own their home free and clear. That like this number is kind of shocking to me. Um, I, I feel like in our household, I'm going to have a mortgage until the day I die, but, um, that, that number is shocking, nearly 40%. And then the next number, 29.4%. So nearly 30% have more than 50% of equity. So let's say someone owns a home that's worth $500,000. They owe less on it than 250. So that is super encouraging. And then the remainder um, have less than 50% of equity, meaning if they own a $500,000 house, they might owe somewhere like three fifty dollars or four hundred dollars on it. So they have less than 50% equity. So what do these numbers tell us? These numbers tell us that the sky is not falling. If the market were to crash and catastrophic things were to happen, people are sitting on tons and tons of equity. They could just sell their home and that would help alleviate some of this inventory issues. Um, They could take second mortgages and take out lines of credit and be able to float themselves for a while and probably not do anything damaging like what we saw in 07 or 08, where people were literally stripping out every dollar worth of equity they had out of their home. And then some where so many homeowners at that point in time were upside down meaning they owed more on their homes than what they were worth. So people, um, homeowners sitting in a situation where they have a ton of equity on their homes really keeps the market strong, keeps the market healthy. And these are numbers that we absolutely love seeing. So let's talk about some of the things that we're seeing here in the Twin Cities. And I noticed a pretty interesting shift last year. So when interest rates started going up in June, 
we were <laughs> we were on vacation in Africa, living our best lives, and we came back and we're like, oh, <laughs> so this happened. Um, every the market sort of comes to a screeching halt, and I've been in the market long enough to see these different waves and trends. Because the consumer is like, now what's happening? Like, what we we don't know what's happening. We're just going to push the pause button. Maybe we don't need to sell right now, and we're just going to sit sit this out and just really see what is going to happen in the market. But the other interesting shift that I saw is that our clients that were buying and selling and making moves, <clears throat> they were doing it more from a needs standpoint versus a want standpoint. So during COVID, when interest rates were super low, people are you know locked up in their homes trying to keep, teach their kids from you know school and do your job, and you know people lost their jobs. I mean, it people were making moves because they wanted to make moves. They're like, oh, we live in the city now, and you know it'd be really cool now that I can work from anywhere. Uh, we would love to live in the country, or we would love to live in a different state or a different country. I mean. People were making moves for all sorts of really interesting reasons the last three years, but they were more out of from a standpoint of wants versus needs. So now what we're seeing overall is we're seeing a more needs-based move, which means someone's having a baby. So they're like, oh, crap, our starter house, we're just busting at the seams. We're going to need to get a bigger house or we're going to sell that starter townhouse. And now we want to buy a house in the suburbs. Divorces. We've seen a lot of that post-COVID. Uh, maybe people are switching to be sell a couple of homes and join forces and become a multi-generational home. What about those boomers that are living in these gigantic houses with a bunch of stairs? And they're like, yeah, this isn't serving us anymore. And we love to say those boomers, many of them are right-sizing. Some are downsizing, but many are keeping a home the same size, maybe even, even buying a bigger one, but they're buying a home that suits their needs better at their new stage of life. Who is some clients are like, yeah, we're the, they had their house just perfect. Their yard was spotless. Their house was spick and span. And they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they have three daughters. Their last one was our summer intern one year. And she had just graduated from high school and she was heading off to college. And they said, maybe we should think about selling. We weren't going to do it quite this soon, but they're like, the house has never looked better. The yard is pristine. The husband, like his love language was doing yard work. Uh, so they said, how about we sell and downsize? We were talking about it anyways. And we thought maybe we'd do it in a couple of years, but why don't we just do it now? The market's so hot. So sure. We put their house on the market. And of course, people could not believe that the seller maintained the yard himself and did not have a bougie lawn company coming out. The lawn was literally one of the prettiest yards of any home I've sold in years. Of course, we got multiple offers, mega multiple offers. The price was driven up really high. And then when we were looking at homes um, for like what their next place was going to look like, they really decided they wanted to settle on a home that didn't have a lot of stairs so they could have all main level living. Even though they were a younger couple, they're like, we're not getting any younger. We bought our first house thinking that we were going to be here for only a couple of years. And we ended up being here for like 20 years. So they're like, let's just buy a house that we can age gracefully into. And when we're looking at smaller homes, I'm using these air quotes, a lot of them, they're just like, Ooh, this just feels too small. We're not quite there yet. So we ended up finding a gorgeous, 
we call them like an executive rambler. It's a twin home. So it's connected to one other home and it's all main level living and then has a huge walkout basement. So when their girls come to town for the holidays or home from college, the, you know, adult children have a place to spread out and kind of hang out with their friends. And then mom and dad have their own space upstairs. They ended up buying a house that was almost a thousand square feet bigger than their current house that we had just sold. So just because boomers are buying different homes doesn't necessarily mean that they're downsizing. So wants versus needs is becoming a big, big thing. Um, Another thing that we see this time of year is agents really start taking their foot off the gas and just sort of coast through the summer. And here's why I'm telling you that's not the greatest idea this summer. We've really been keeping an eye on all of the inflation numbers because when inflation starts coming down, and that's obviously what the Fed is trying to do by uh, raising interest rates. So when inflation starts coming back down, interest rates follow that. So one of the big dates that people had been keeping an eye on was May 10th for the CPI, the Consumer Price Index report when that came out. And the numbers were trending in the right direction, which is awesome. And we saw a little bit of dip in interest rates. But then in the last couple of weeks, interest rates overall have been really sort of flat for the last couple of months. And then interest rates dipped to hot second, and then they popped back up a little bit. So interest rates are a little bit all over the place. But what what our team is really seeing right now is that buyers don't seem to care. Um, Because we switched from a wants to a needs-based sort of buyer mindset right now, we are seeing buyers making moves regardless, knowing that if they get into a home that they can afford right now, they can always go back and refinance down the road. But another thing that we really want to keep a close eye on, so that June CPI report comes out the second week in July. So that's going to be another one to keep an eye on. So what what all of the economists and you know the all the financial gurus that we love following, what they're saying is when interest rates start to come down, obviously there's going to be more buyers that have been sitting on the fence that are going to get back into the game that didn't end up buying a home last year. And then home prices are going to continue to rise. So in a normal summer in Minnesota, we see some sort of just natural ebbs and flows Um, the market stays pretty solid. And then when school gets out, there's a couple of weeks usually of a little bit of a lull where sellers aren't putting as many homes on the market and maybe buyers are like, okay, kids are out of school. Now we're going to go on some trips. And then we always joke that it's like cabin season in July when everyone in Minnesota, like half of the Twin Cities is up north at someone's cabin just living their best lake life and being outside. And then people sort of have that mad rush to get into a new home before school starts. I think uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, I think this summer is going to be a little bit different because if prices of houses are coming down, I think it's going to get more buyers off the fence. And I think we're going to see more buyer activity than perhaps we do other seasons. So we'll see if we'll see if my prediction comes true there. Here's what we're seeing with equity. You know, I talked about how many people like what percentage people have of mortgages. $270,000 is the average amount of homeowner equity in the United States. 
$270,000. It's a lot of money. When people talk about building wealth and they say many people, their wealth is tied to real estate that they owned. And 90% of that equity that homeowners have was gained in the last three years. And so I, we've said this for a long time that um, the amount of equity that people have gotten in their homes is far in just the last during since COVID has far surpassed the average um, equity gains that a homeowner would see within a typical year. It's not the norm to see double digit appreciation like we've seen the last handful of years. And I think what we're going to see this year in 2023 is those numbers are going to be a lot more moderate and more back to a normal balanced um, level of appreciation, which is awesome. Um, when you're thinking about being in real estate, we know a lot of realtors listen to this, think about diversifying your business. So if you have just been that agent that all you do is you just buy, buy and sell homes, you know, with your clients and you're just representing buyers and sellers, are you making yourself a client? Are you doing flips? Uh, are you buying listings? Are you diversifying? I actually had some clients come to me, two different clients that are friends with each other approached me last week and they said, Hey, we, and they're really creative. I love working with both of them because they're so freaking creative. And they approached me and said, Hey, we would love to pick your brain about XYZ business idea. And it's a business idea that makes me very excited because it's super creative. So it's totally in my wheelhouse. They know that it's in my wheelhouse. And they said, we would love to take you out for coffee or happy hour and talk about this idea um, because we felt like you would be the person to be able to kind of give us great advice about it and maybe even partner with us on a business idea. And I'm like, yes, yes, and yes. And this is something that happens on a lot of our um, EXP mastermind calls too is agents talking about other ways they're making money in real estate other than just working with buyers and sellers. So the market is weird. You know, we're, we're feeling it. There's not enough homes to sell. We have some buyers sitting on the fence and other buyers that are eager as can be. But if you're feeling like your income is not consistent and you're wondering like how you can create more predictability in your life, maybe you need to diversify what you're doing within the real estate space. There is a lot of different ways to make money in real estate. There's a lot of real estate agents that are part owners in mortgage companies, title companies, um, own investment properties, Airbnbs, own commercial property, depending on the type of commercial property right now, that may or may not be the best investment, um, owning storage units, um, I have a friend that they own mobile homes, which is sort of like this really double top secret. They're hard to find, um, like owning mobile home parks, but they say that that is super lucrative owning the dirt that they're actually on and then owning some of the mobile home units themselves that people will rent. And then that is a rental property. So there's a lot of different ways to, to make money in real estate. And that's something as a real estate agent and a real estate professional, you should always be thinking about is that, you know, when the market does wonky things like it did last summer, all of a sudden rates shifted and they went up quite a bit and 
there's a lot of real estate agents that have gotten out of the business. There's a reason why they say 80% of real estate agents get out of the business in the first five years. This is not an easy industry. It's not one of those where you get into the business and all of a sudden you're a high roller and you're making buku bucks right out of the gate. There is a process to it with building and learning and building a database and learning the business and really just getting a consistent stream of income in the door. So can you be thinking of other ways to continue to make a paycheck, but also diversify? So then if the market shifts or anything wonky happens in the real estate market, you have other avenues of how you're making money. And so it isn't just you're a one trick pony. And if the market does anything crazy, you're out of business. So that's... little bit of extra stuff to be thinking about right now. So I guess the moral of the story is um, the market, the sky is not falling. Um, Values that had come out and the, the, the headlines that had come out saying sky is falling. Home price declines are really behind us. We are, home prices are appreciating again. We're seeing multiple offers on properties, especially here in the Twin Cities. But across the country, we're seeing 3.2 offers for every home that's listed. That is a lot of freaking multiple offers, in my opinion. Um, I love what Nadia Evangelou, one of the senior economists at NAR, had to say, the National Association of Realtors. She says, so long as inflation continues to ease, the overall trend for mortgage rates should continue downward. We're loving that. So we, you can expect, uh, you know, I'm sitting here, hopeful with anticipation that interest rates will continue to come down this year, like all of the gurus are forecasting. And we're hoping that as interest rates start coming down, that more sellers will get off the fence and say, okay, yeah, this guy is not falling. We're going to put our home on the market, which would help solve some of the inventory shortages. And then buyers will continue to be making their moves. But we hope I hope you have an awesome summer. I hope that your summer is full of all the good things, friends, family, um, time out in the sunshine, abundance in your business, and all the love from um, Christy and I here at the Bus Bench Babes. So until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.